0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume.
1: What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. Go low, pod. Little U.S. Open reaction. Wyndham Clark wins. Rory just comes up short again, Fowler falls apart, Um, LACC, a lot of thoughts on the crowd, on the vibes, the NBC broadcast, which we are going to have to dive into because that was no other way to put it, an abomination, so a lot of reactions, here's the plan, we will have US Open podcast today, we will have a football podcast on Tuesday, Aaron Murray is going to join me. We, we will do some mailbag questions, and uh, then we will have another podcast. Rumors have it there might be a tour, PJ Tour player, coming on the show for Wednesday, and we'll just keep rocking and rolling. So uh, fire in those DMs. you want to get on the football mailbag, it's just my name. We will do a Golo mailbag probably on Wednesday at Golo Pod. Fire in there. So we're going to keep the content flowing. Middle of June, middle of summer. Hopefully everyone had a good Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all my dads out there. Hopefully you got treated well. Dinner made for you. Your kids did their chores, did the dishes, and life is good. Because that was always loved the U.S. Open. Makes me miss my dad. Uh, It's a pretty special day when, you know, whoever wins it usually hugs their dad. It's always a cool moment. It's 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 definitely a powerful moment for sure. Other than that, any housekeeping, check out the YouTube page, download the AMP app, and yeah, let's rock and roll, baby. But first, if you want to go to one of these events, obviously at the U.S. Open, they didn't have many tickets, you want to go to a baseball game, football's right around the corner coming up this fall, concerts, comedy shows, you name it, here's what you do, you go to your smartphone, you download the GameTime app, and you use the promo code GOLOW, G-O-L-O-W, and you get... $20 off. Get yourself a pair of tickets to any event, comedy concerts as well. Promo code GOLO, official ticketing app of this podcast. Love my friends at game time. Wyndham Clark is the champion, and we will dive into him. An incredible story. Uh, awesome win. Dude's a stud. I mean, he's he's established himself now as not just a Lock Ryder cupper for the U.S., but just one of the better U.S. players right now, right? Scotty's clearly the best. You know, I would put Brooks right up there. You know, DJ showing signs of life. We got a lot of question marks with our core guys. And Wyndham Clark wins a month ago at an elevated event and then wins the U.S. Open. So uh, dude, dude bombs it. He can work it both ways. That power cut, stud. We'll dive into here, him in a second because that was a cool win. I, I do think the story of the day is Roy McIlroy. This is basically uh, his second major in the last four where it felt like he should be the champion if he makes a putt. And he just cannot make a putt. Now, there's a difference in not winning, I think, and choking. He did not choke today. He shot even par. So did Wyndham Clark. So did Scotty Scheffler. He played fine. He was peppering greens. But one thing, he wasn't hitting it that close. And like on 18... I've never played in the PGA Tour, but it's pretty clear you got to be able to work the ball both ways, but mainly, especially with shorter irons, I would say from 150 to 200, play a little butter cut. It's something that it feels like Rory struggles with, right? Like It can't be argued. I, I, I will not hear the argument that he's not an all-time great talent. He's an all-time great player when you factor in the majors and when you factor in the winning on the PGA Tour. But as of the last couple years, it's very, very difficult. The thing that makes golf different than a lot of sports, right? In basketball, the Miami Heat lost to the Denver Nuggets, right? In football, the 49ers lost to the Eagles. The Bengals lost to the Chiefs. So they finished, you know, technically like third and fourth in the NFL. That sucks. Obviously, it's better than being the Chicago Bears. But it does not feel good for those teams. Just like in golf, if you're Roy McIlroy, it doesn't feel good. Even though he beat the entire field except Wyndham Clark. He had a very, very successful week. Just like he did at the Open last year at St. Andrews. But for him, the standard is much higher. Right? Like Steph Curry, LeBron, like now the Chiefs, like Alabama football, you could argue Georgia football now. It feels like it's win or go home. (laughs) You know, you're not getting brownie points for second. This isn't about the money. He's got an unlimited amount. And he's just a guy who feels like he can't make a putt on Sunday. Now, Over, I would say, the last year, he's had some Sundays that just didn't look right. I thought he was relatively fine today. He just can't make a putt. And it's one thing, listen, anyone that's played golf, sometimes you're you're lipping out, you're leaving it a little short, it happens. I thought, like, especially the front nine, he wasn't even close. Like, his putts never felt like they had a chance. You watch Skydy today, who's having a really rough season putting, he had a ton of putts where they ended up not going in, but you felt like within a couple feet of the cup, it was going to fall. And that was not the case with a lot of Rory's putts. It, it just wasn't. Now, he hit a couple wayward drives late, you know, on 17. got a little lucky went into the number two fairway. But, like, the driving with Rory McIlroy is the least of his worst. It's one of the greatest attributes in the history of golf. It's pretty clear if he's ever going to get a ma- if he just made some putts, he he would have six majors right now. He would have won the Open and he would have won today. Well, what was the difference in both of those? Wyndham Clark came through, made some big putts. Obviously, short game was incredible, and obviously at the Open, Cam Smith like today can't miss. Cam Smith makes everything when he has to. Roy McIlroy is the opposite. And is if you just keep putting yourself in these positions, are you bound to win? You know, because ultimately now, Rory, for the next several years, it's four times a year. He he can win regular tournaments. He can win the FedEx Cup. Who, who no one cares. It does not matter. He's only going to be judged. And this is like a lot of NBA players. It's like, do you win it all? Do you win a major? Right? And, and right now, it feels like. Ugh! But it's hard to have faith in him because it does not feel like it, like the putts are going to fall. It, it just doesn't. And I'm telling you, I don't feel like he can hit the little butter cut when he has to. And I would say the butter cut in these big tournaments, one, it holds a lot of these greens. And two, in some of these pins, it gets you a lot closer. And it's he really struggles with it. He does because he's a natural draw, drawer of the golf ball. Uh, but a lot of guys that do that, like you watch Scotty Scheffler on 18. Now, obviously, Scotty couldn't win it, right? He was technically out of it at the time, unless Wyndham Clark had an all-time disaster and Rory, like, shanked it over the green. But he played a beautiful little low cut into the green, played it to the back, and it rolled down the hill, and he had a really good look at birdie. Rory, meanwhile, like, pulls a fucking eight iron, and he's 45 feet away. It's like, that that, that just can't happen. Now, before, we, we could get to the 18th hole, but it was all the putts all day that never really had a chance. And honestly, he got a little lucky when missed a couple short putts and got, I don't want to say screwed, but, you know, on hole eight, he hit a pretty unreal second shot. And th- there's like that crazy drop off of the green. And he ended up going into, you know, uh, the Barranca deep in the rough and it took him a couple shots to get out. And he still made an incredible bogey. You know, if he just lands on the green, two putts, you know, he kind of easily wins this tournament. But it it does feel, and a lot of people in my mentions, in my DMs, are just, I I don't want to say crush Rory, but it feels like he's not going to get it done, and it's hard to argue with that. I didn't have much faith coming in today. I didn't have much faith coming into the week. He actually made it closer than I thought. Uh, But today was, and I was rooting for him once it was clear Ricky was out of it, Uh, but he just, I don't know, he just can't get it done right now in these big tournaments on Sunday for whatever reason. You know, I'm not counting the FedEx Cup last year against Scotty Scheffler. It's about the majors for this guy who, you know, had a chance, and I guess technically still does, to be like an 8-9 major guy. It feels like it's going to be very, very difficult for him just to eventually ever win his fifth. I mean, we're talking about a decade gap now. And you look at these guys, like Wyndham Clark played better than he did today. He just did. I, had, I don't see how anyone could argue That as you watch today, you know, especially after a couple holes, it was like Wyndham Clark looks better right now than Rory, right? He hits it just as far as he does. He can like that butter cut really, really matters. It matters in these big tournaments. And I know a lot of people were saying this is a draw course. And obviously there are shots that force you to hit a draw either off the tee or in your second shot, depending on where they have the tee. But when the fairways are rock hard, when the greens are rock hard, the buttercut lands a little softer. And Wyndham Clark was awesome. Uh, he lives here in Scottsdale. He's you know one of those guys, a little Max homa e in terms of clearly had fallen on some rough times a couple years ago, battled back mentally it is his downfall because you, you watch the power in which he has, the touch in which he has. He's really good around the greens. And today, he was just very under control. And listen, I mean, he hit the farthest drive of the day on 17, 350 yards. I had the shot tracer on 18 for him. I don't know what was going on. It looked like it was going to the Pacific Ocean. And all of a sudden, it landed in the fairway. Now, that is the biggest fairway in uh, on the course. But just an incredible moment. It's always really cool. Uh, I think most of us, I none of my guys were gonna make money unless Cam Smith had an incredible, you know, to rattle off eight birdies a day and somehow win the tournament. But I, I think most of us were either rooting for Ricky or Rory. And I listen, kind of rooting against Wyndham, even though how do you root against a guy that lost his mom in college, who thought about quitting the game, who's fallen on rough times, and who's battled back to become, like I said earlier, one of the best u s players and just bombs the ball, I mean, absolutely mashes it. Had a couple times a day where most of us, anyone, I don't care if you shoot 72 or you shoot 100, when you're playing well and you're in a money game or you're in a big you know, in a big match against a buddy and all of a sudden it starts unraveling, it can be lonely out there. And I can't even imagine the U.S. Open. He had a couple moments a day where it felt like, uh, on 17 when he hits it in the bunker and he has to basically hit a lob wedge out. You're like, God, he's going to bogey this hole, and what does he do? He knocks a wedge five feet and makes the putt. And, you know, that was turned out to kind of be the difference, right? If you factor in the last couple holes where where Rory could have come back. But it's always cool to see a first-time major winner. Uh, We've had, obviously, a ton over the years. This one feels like this guy, if he keeps playing like this, is going to be a factor for a while, right? It's not like he just had some insanely hot putting, you know, weekend or day. This is a guy that won a uh, month ago at the Wells Fargo, who just pounds the ball, who was just a fucking ball striker. And to me, what really struck uh, or stood out watching him play is some guys that are just really, really long, they kind of lack touch. This guy, I felt very confident the more you watched him around the greens. like This was not fluky. I'm not saying this guy's going to rattle off three or four more majors, but I expect him unless something dramatic happens or he has an injury to, to be a major factor on the PGA tour for, for a while, because that, that game translates, right? And it's, it really does. So congrats to him.
0: Uh, that, that was fun to watch. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside.
1: They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What wasn't fun to watch is, I don't want to say the guy choked because he, he had, he's had a fantastic season. He's resurrected his career. I have a lot of respect. Uh, it would have been really, really easy, and I think Ricky falls under a category with Justin Rose, with Jason Day, uh, a bunch of guys that have won this year, older guys. Uh, Ricky's a little younger, obviously, than Justin Rose, but you know, somewhat similar age to Jason Day. I think he's a couple years younger than him, to take the live money. And all of them had, especially Justin Rowe or Jason Day and Ricky kind of falling on hard times as a player. You know, super famous guys. Ricky is one of the more popular players on tour. It felt inevitable. I, I, I don't know the guy personally, but it's like Ricky, he's going to end up at Liv. And not only did he not go to Liv, remember he that the big meeting they had? Uh, I got of forget where, but he he flew with Tiger Woods to the meeting. Maybe it was in Boston. And uh, it was like, God, Ricky's in it to win it here. And the guy saw some ugly parts of professional golf, right? I mean, he was one of the best players on the PGA Tour seven, eight years ago. He's finished in the top three of every major. He easily could have won majors in in his younger years on tour. He's clearly one of the more popular slash marketable players on the PGA Tour. And he just battled. And he was shooting 60 or 62 on Thursday, which was pretty incredible start, but you watch coming into the day, like it was hard. I, I did not envision him shooting seventy five. I wasn't confident he was going to win. I thought Rory McIlroy was going to win, but I, I didn't see a seventy five coming. And he clearly did not have his A game. He was all over the map, and, and it was a rough watch. It, it really was. He ended up, you know, finishing right next to guys like Tommy Fleetwood, and. It was tough, man, because I I think Ricky Fowler is a really, really easy guy to root for. You know, you you say a lot. you, You never really know these guys. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. For those of you with young children, it's like, do I really want my son to look up to said professional athlete? You don't actually know what they're doing behind closed doors. We've been let down so many times over the years. There was that visual last night on Saturday of Ricky, who was tied for the lead, in, you know, it's not essential. it's close to his hometown. I mean, he's a, I, 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 Southern California, I put under an umbrella. It was a home game for Ricky Fowler. And he was signing autographs well into the pitch dark for little kids. And that's always been something. I have no personal interactions with Phil beside like seeing him at golf tournaments. But a lot of people over the years have said that's, it can be a little fake, some of his things. No one's ever said that about Ricky Fowler. So I think he is a very, very easy good, easy guy to root for, just from a golfing standpoint. And then when you factor in the variables of him not even being in the U.S. Open last year, he was an alternate. The first alternate in, and he ended up not getting in. He was a guy that was struggling to be... Like, was this going to be a top 100 player? Was this guy going to keep his PJ Tour card? Clearly he was going to have access because of career earnings, but... Yeah, 75. That was rough. It, it really was. 62, 68, 70, 75. He uh, can't feel good. Can't, can't at all. Some other thing, working down the leaderboard, it, it's pretty crazy, Scotty Scheffler's floor. His floor is just incredibly high. He was, I said it coming in, him or Brooks, you had to put money on. I, I couldn't blame anyone that did. And Scotty Scheffler, you know, he couldn't have really won today. But... It felt like I mean Kepka was a disaster and finished 18th. This was a Scotty Scheffler didn't have his A game and finished 3rd. He's really good, man. I, I I think him and Cam Smith and this is where Liv comes into play. The PJ Tour misses Cam Smith. That guy is one of the greatest putters we've ever seen. His look, the the you know, the the hair flowing out of the back of the hat. He's just a fun player to watch. He's a fun player to gamble on cuz at any moment he can rattle off five straight birdies. And he's somehow you look up, he finished fourth. <laughs> it's just, I, he, I had a heavy bet on him to win, but I never totally felt out of it because at any single moment, the guy can just make six or seven birdies. His putting is just awesome. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Ricky Fowler finished tied for fifth. That, that's pretty nuts. Obviously, Fleetwood shot 63 today, hair flowing, ball striking Jesse. I I thought this tournament was fun. Now, let's dive into a couple things not regarding the actual play. Uh, I I think two of the main subjects are, let's start with the course. And I I said this last week, I'm probably the poorest individual that's ever played LACC. This course, having just been there, I, I played several... I guess not several, but I've played Olympic Club, for example, which has hosted several U.S. Opens. I I went to my first ever golf tournament in 1998. Uh, I think they hosted again in 2028. Olympic Club is a much bigger property than LACC. And like LACC, it's it's less exclusive. They have more members. But just in terms of its exclusivity, it's a pretty exclusive golf course. Like not, not everyone just gets to play it, right? It's harder to get on LACC, but in terms of fans, it is much more equipped to handle a lot of people. Los Angeles Country Club is just not. Now, some of the information coming out, because a lot of people were talking shit, going, where are the fans? Well, anyone who's been to Southern California, the traffic is atrocious. And the number one thing anyone thinks about when they're in Los Angeles is, how do I get out of here, (laughs) right? How do I beat traffic? And I think a lot of times you looked up Friday or Saturday, and people, the stands weren't completely full. And I just thought, well, I bet people are trying to beat the traffic, which is crazy, it's a big event, but just a reality of the area. It turns out, on a daily basis, they give 23,000 tickets. And 15 of them are for basically VIPs. And then there are 9,000 for general admissions. But rumors were floating that the country club bought 4,500 of those. So there are actually only... 4,500 GA tickets available. And my first thought is, like, not totally surprised. (laughs) I'm really not. You you think the elites at LA Country Club want the pours on their property? They just don't. And a lot of people I saw on social media streets were going, why? I don't care how exclusive you are. And Augusta is a good example. One of the most exclusive clubs in the world. And they take a lot of pride in the patrons, right? And there's a lot of them there. And when you watch the Masters, it feels jam-packed. Well, when you're watching this turn, me like, where the fuck are all the people? This wasn't an elite event. This, to me, kind of symbolized, I would just say, California. Elites talk a big game. They actually don't want to interact with those people. They tweet about it. They Facebook post about it. But they don't actually want them around their shit. And I've defended LACC a little bit. It just is not equipped to handle that many people. Now, ultimately, I think this that I think the U.S. Open is better off going to courses like this. The overwhelming majority of us that play golf will never see. And there are a ton of other courses, whether it's a Pine Valley or a Cypress. If you could ever hold a sweet event there, you should do it. I don't care if there are 15 people on the property. And a lot of the players, Matt Fitzpatrick, defending champion, was talking a bunch of shit. Hovland, Kepka, And I think a lot of it stems from lack of people, lack of buzz. These guys are used to now, at this... You know, time for the sport, playing in some venues with a lot of people, a lot of people buzzing. And that wasn't the case. This was a rich event. That's what it felt like. And the problem is this is the U.S. Open, where really any single human with a low handicap can qualify. It's why so many guys, the longest day in golf is at 36 holes. And for every Sergio Garcia that qualifies in, some random guys that you've never heard of also do that. And I, I think it's it's tough. i I, I don't really mind it. But I understand the pushback, but I'm not stunned at all. If you thought LACC was going to let every Tom, Dick and Harry come onto their property, you got another thing coming <laughs> this was never going to happen. So when I saw the the, uh, the line that they bought half the G.A. tickets every day, I was like, of course they did. <laughs> but, you know, just it, it is what it is. And uh, I find it kind of funny, but I understand people that are worked up about it. The one thing I am worked up about it, the broadcast was atrocious. That is one of the worst four-day broadcasts in the history of sports television. NBC, a couple years ago, Fox wanted out of the golf game. And they had paid basically $100 million for every U.S. Open. And they sold it to NBC for reportedly about $40 million. So NBC paid 40 cents on the dollar for this property. Yet when you watched it, it felt cheaply done. I don't know this for a fact. Someone tweeted this at me, but it does make sense. That buzz we heard all week long was a plane flying over. Instead of getting the blimp, which according to social media could be wrong. Don't fact check me on this, but it does make sense. is pretty expensive. Well, you can do your own plane for much cheaper to get some aerial shots. And they were just, the plane was going in circles. What well, makes sense? Cause that's all we heard all week long. The buzzing. And then half the time, if you watch, especially before the leaders teed off, they would not have shot tracers. This is the U.S. Open. This isn't the Yeti classic or the rainbow sandal invitational. This is the U.S. Open at LACC. And you're going cheap when you bought it for cheap? I I, I just do not understand it. Now, I'm a capitalist. and Anyone that listens to my podcast knows we got some ads. We got bills to pay. I'm not anti-ads. I understand they're part of the deal. But here's the one thing on podcasts. You want to skip an ad? You can press fast forward. For those of us that are watching the golf live, we have no choice. The other thing, you don't have to listen to my podcast. You can listen to someone else. Many podcasts worth their salt got some ads. This is a business. It's free, right? Well, for golf, for example, Peacock hosted, which I understand. If I owned uh, rights to a live sport and I had a subscription business, I would try to drive you to that subscription business through my sport. ESPN Plus does it right with UFC and golf. Yet when I watch ESPN Plus for the PGA Tour, I don't have to watch ads. Why? Because I pay ESPN Plus ninety nine dollars a year. So I'm watching the Peacock and I'm paying ten ninety nine a month or whatever my girlfriend is because she has Comcast and I'm watching and there are just nonstop ads on Peacock. You double dipping motherfuckers! Screw you! <laughs> like what are we doing? The the commercial load was atrocious. It it was just, it was overwhelming. You you can't double dip on the playing through. So basically you show an ad and show the guys that they continue to play. But when that ends, then to just go to commercial, it's just an all time FU. It, It really is. And a lot of their commercials were promotion for their own shows. So clearly what does that mean? They didn't get the ad sold. So they're basically just using that to promote, which I understand you guys run a business. We promote Draymond show or Sherman show or Collins show. It's called cross promotion, but to do it over and over and over again, like I got news for you. I'm 38 years old. I'm not watching any of your shows. NBC besides Sunday night football. You never get my eyeballs. I don't give a shit what you put on television as I'm watching the U S open. I'm never coming. And deep down, you know, that So just show me the golf. And I also understand that golf is more difficult to show than football, right? Because they would never miss a snap, Patriots, Chiefs. Well, on Saturday, the final group was teeing off Clark and Fowler. And they come back from break, and the first thing I think Dan Hicks says is, Apologize, technical difficulties. We just missed Wyndham's shot. It's right down the middle in the fairway. Can you imagine them coming back from break? It's like Patrick Mahomes just threw an interception to uh, Joe, incredible interception by Joey Bosa, picked him off of the line of scrimmage. Sorry we missed that. Here's the replay. Like, screw you guys. Be, be better. This is what you guys do for a business. This is unacceptable. And forever, the traditional media outlets have been able to do whatever they want because they had us by the balls. But they are going to sl- bu- uh, die a slow, slow death. <laughs> they just will, especially in golf. They got piff behind them now. You got to answer to Yoster That should not be tolerated. Take, take your—I've been saying this forever. The game's changing. Put it on YouTube TV. And want to say YouTube TV? Just put it on YouTube. N- no commercials. Pretty easy to do. I, if you don't—do you need NBC's money? If they're going to pay 40 million dollars a year, just have Yasser fund it. Throw it on YouTube. I, I'd be cool with that. And let NBC simulcast. Zero ads. Zero ads. I know I'm being a little unrealistic, but that was just. The commercial load. Paul azinger f- feels like a nice guy. I th- he's terrible. He he really is. He's got some Nick Faldo vibes. Feels a little out of it. He really does. And I'm a big believer that I, I think it's kind of overrated. Like, listen, I talk for a living. I didn't play in the NFL. I think I can talk football against fucking anybody. And you know, our listenership shows that, right? I I, I don't think you need Nick Faldo to call a, you know be the lead guy just because he has six majors. If he's not any good. Just because Paul Azinger has hosted, you know, been a Ryder Cup captain and successful PJ Tour, if he's not any good, I don't care. Trevor Immelman won a major, but if he hadn't, he'd still be way better than those guys. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, you need some credibility, do you? Like, Smiley Kaufman never won a major. I, I can guarantee you this, he'd be better than Paul Azinger. Paul Azinger kept saying things like, you know... Uh, that, that's not going to roll back. That's just the wrong side. And then it would just roll back and be five feet. Like, Paul, have you walked these screens? Have you put in the time? Because that was a big knock on Nick Faldo. Never was out on the range. Never walked the course. He just relied on, well, I played this, you know, for 30 straight years. Well, you haven't played it for the last 15. And some of your comments do not add up. And that's what I felt like I was watching today. It just was not good. It, it, was, it was really, really poor. And I think a lot of people in the media are going to beat it up. And I think sometimes there can be a groupthink. You know, I think it's easy for everyone to pile on. I I, I think everything that everyone says is justified. I I think NBC threw an all-time middle finger to us, the consumer, to us, the fans. They hate us. There's no other way to justify or uh, even put into reality what we all just witnessed for the last four days. That they do not give a flying you-know-what about any of us. 'Cause that was that was a disgrace. I mean it really was. I, I can't believe how terrible that broadcast was. It was they they would never in a million people would get fired left and right if they did that to the National Football League. And I understand the PJ Tory at the NFL, but don't you just treat your operation don't you have some standards? Don't don't, don't you have like this is a big deal. I understand, you know, 20 million people ain't watching, but still five, six, seven, four, whatever. This is still on your main channel for back-to-back days, really four straight days. And that's what you do? Be better, guys. Be better. Have a good week. Happy Father's Day, everybody.